When you read things and you learn things and you listen to podcasts, if you don't start to integrate that stuff into your life, if you don't start to take action on it, you actually end up more frustrated, more anxious, and more depressed than you were before. Welcome to She Leads First, a podcast for female entrepreneurs who are ready to build a brand that will become a revenue generating machine. Hey guys, I'm Emily Sincata, a brand and business strategist with years of experience in both marketing and online product development. Each week, myself and my guests are going to share our own experiences and knowledge with you so that you can figure out exactly what about your brand is going to keep people coming back for more. You'll leave this podcast equipped with the confidence to tackle those big goals that are going to scale the impact of your brand and your bank account. It's time for you to embody that CEO energy and start leading first. After all, you're building more than just a business. You are building a movement. Hello, and welcome back to another amazing episode of She Leads First. Today on the podcast, I have Jessica Bergio, and I can already tell you I cannot wait for you to dive into what we talk about today. For those of you who don't know who Jessica Bergio is, she is a self-proclaimed hype girl whose passion is helping you build the confidence to chase your dreams. She is a former beauty entrepreneur of 22 years. Back when I met Jess, which is years ago now, and we get into the whole history on the episode. She was doing hair, but she is not anymore. Today, she is the founder and host of her own highly rated podcast show named Unscripted. She's an author. She's a podcast mentor. She's a speaker and a mama helping female entrepreneurs connect their voice to their brand through podcasting. And as you are soon to see, you guys, she is really freaking good at it. She and her partner co-own Media Unscripted, which is a full-service podcast management agency helping you strategically connect your voice to your brand to amplify your business. The conversations and the places that we took this podcast to, I know is going to be so mega beneficial to you and your business no matter where you are at. The theme of this episode was permission, massive permission to go all in no matter where you're at right now. Bet on yourself. Take the risks. This episode is just jam-packed from start to finish with crazy motivation and permission to go wildly after your dreams. So I'll start stop introducing so we can get into this episode. Let's dive in. Jessica, welcome to She Leads First. I am so excited to have you on the show. How are you doing? I'm awesome. I'm so excited to be here. It's awesome to connect with you and get to like see what kind of magic we can create today. Absolutely. And I know that we're going to. You guys, Jessica and I recently got reconnected. It's been quite a few years since we originally met, but we were both at a networking event together with about 60 other women about a month ago now. And we reconnected and she was like, I have a podcast, you have a podcast. And I was like, why don't we do a podcast together and talk all about the power of community, the power of masterminding, and then even segue it in a little bit into what Jessica is doing now, which is all about podcasting. And we will get into that in a little bit. But I know from our conversation that you are now in San Diego, also splitting a little bit of your time down in Scottsdale, Arizona, which side note, everyone seems to be moving there. I don't know why, but everybody is filling up in Scottsdale. 
But have you always been in San Diego? Yes, San Diego my whole life. So the ability to be down in Arizona part-time now has been amazing. And you're right. There are people migrating to Arizona from the entrepreneur community like never before. And it's interesting because I've heard Lindsay Schwartz talk about back in the day, I'm guessing 10 plus years ago, there wasn't that strong of a community out there. And so what's really cool is she was one of the forefront people to build community out in Arizona. And I, I would like to think that she was one of the major like players in getting people together and creating that essence of community out there. And it's had this huge trickle effect where I think it's an easy place for people to fly in and out of. It's a major airport and anywhere that's warm, you know, 99% of the year, people from all over the world will be like, yeah, I'll go there. It's cool. <laughs> That's the one thing. It is really warm there. It's it's yes. calling to me. It's pulling to me. But I'm like, can I do over 100 degrees for like eight months out of the year, which is kind of crazy, but we'll see. Yeah. What I love, though, about Scottsdale is how big the entrepreneurial community is getting. And that's what everybody who lives there now has been telling me. Every conversation I've had with people there is like, no, it's awesome. Come here. So I'm like, I don't know. Maybe if I get out of LA, that's where that's where I'll go next. But nothing is decided. Okay. So we have met, like I mentioned, years ago in kind of a passing by type of situation. I worked for a company that hosted masterminds. I believe originally you were in that mastermind, but then when we really got to talking to each other more, you were helping run that mastermind. You were one of the coaches that was hired to help coach the other entrepreneurs in the mastermind. You've been doing a lot. You've done a lot. And so I would love to open this up with what has your journey into entrepreneurship and into this field that you're in now, what has it been like? Start off with the high level details for us. Mm. Well, this isn't so high level, but it was an opportunity at a time in my life where my business, which originally was in the beauty industry for the last 22 years, I was a behind the chair stylist, educator, traveling stylist, and then salon owner. I was at a place in my business in my life where things were really good. And according to my own glass ceiling, I was at the top and I was doing the thing and life was pretty great. But I knew that there was more out there for me. And I had met Lori Harder years prior through our fitness background. Cause I too was a personal trainer and that was always kind of like a side hobby. I never really allowed myself to fully like invest in, but her and I connected. She had given me a ticket to the bliss project was one of her main events that she threw years past. And I remember going into that personal development event, which I wasn't quite sure what it was at the time. I was just like, Oh, a ticket to this women's event. I don't know what I'm going to. And it was in that moment that everything shifted for me. And I kind of started to look at my life from a bird's eye view of what am I doing? What do I want for my life? Is this it? And just kind of questioning like how much better could it get if I was to explore other avenues of either making money or, you know, the way I was living my life. It was a, it was a trading time for money kind of glass ceiling setup. And I was watching a lot of other people in this online entrepreneur space do really big things and say they were making a lot of money and traveling and really getting to work from wherever they wanted. And I think that was the piece that I was always yearning for was that work from wherever I want, not necessarily my laptop on the beach, but like I didn't want to be stuck to one particular place. Hence why I've been in San Diego for 42 and a half years. So with that in mind, I was watching her husband, Chris Harder, who was, you know, they were very successful in their own right with their isogenics business, multi-level marketing, doing the thing, right? With her fitness and his finance background, killing it. 
And all of a sudden, Chris popped up after starting his podcast and he had this elite level mastermind for entrepreneurs making half a million in their business. And I thought, wouldn't that be cool if one day I made enough to be in a mastermind like that? But at my current place, there was no way I was going to get there doing what I was currently doing. So that was the catalyst to my train of thought of thinking, what's going on in those big rooms? I want to be able to get in that room, but because of where I'm at, I can't. I really wish that he would come up with something for us early stage entrepreneurs to be able to get into a room like that. And sure enough, Chris is a genius. We both know that. And one day he's talking on his stories and he said, I created a mastermind called Fast Foundations for early stage entrepreneurs who are looking to scale their online business. At the time, I didn't have an online business, but I had a connection to them. So I shot him a DM and I said, hey, yo, I make way more than you're asking for in my other business, but I really am interested in learning about online business. Can I get in this room? And he said, of course, he's a great salesman. He goes, yes, of course you can get in this room. I, I, I know you, I know your background. I think this would be a great place for you to invest your time and your money and see if these people in this room can help you figure out what your next moves are. And I thought, well, geez, this is a lot of money to invest on a not really clear ROI. I was like, what exactly am I going to get out of this (laughs) six months of, you know, a a decent chunk of money to invest. And at that time it was probably the most amount of money I'd ever invested in myself without knowing what the heck I was going to get. And so I had to really sit with the idea of if I don't bet on myself right now in this season and nothing changes, would I be okay? Hmm, Yeah, I would have been all right. But I knew at that time, like I'd said, I'd already been feeling like there was a calling. There was more. I had this like yearning voice that was always like, you're meant for more. You're meant for more. She was like kind of quiet, but then she started to get really loud and obnoxious and keeping me up at night. And so I, you know, before I could think twice about it, I put it on a credit card, 0% interest. And I said to myself, you will not pay this credit card back with any money that is not made from your new online business. And so that was like the challenge I gave myself and I got myself in that room And the moment I charged that card, I knew I'd made the right decision. I felt like for the first time I was betting on myself. And I went into that thinking, if I at least come out with a couple of high-level friends to have these big dreamer conversations with, I feel like that will be money well spent. So I wouldn't say that I lowered my expectations to not come out with a six-figure business, but I at least put my expectations to a place where this is going to get me going and that no matter what happens... Like my goal is to meet a few people who I can connect with on a really high level to start to figure out what these people online are doing to make so much money. Oh my gosh. Yes. I feel like that reframe right there is such an important way for people to go into masterminds in general. Because exactly like you said, the ROI can sometimes be a little unclear. You're like, I'm just, I'm paying to be in this group of other people. Like, (laughs) what are we going to talk about? What are we going to do? What are we going to learn? But It's one of those things where you can't even accurately, sometimes I feel put on a sales page, what the ROI of being in a mastermind is. And it's never, at least in my experience, the ROI I've gotten from masterminds, and I'm curious if this is the same for you, is almost never what I thought it was going to be when I went into that mastermind. Never, not even close. And I saw it time and time again when I had the opportunity to be a coach inside of this same mastermind program because it was the same almost for everybody across the board. I mean, he ran this round after round. Every five months, we had a new cohort and there was between 40 and 60 people in each round. So that's a pretty good analysis on a market research of if that was happening for everybody. And I would say eight out of 10, it was happening, right? Maybe two people came in with a legit, clear understanding of what they needed to learn in that room 
what they wanted to double down on and so forth. But the other eight out of 10 people were kind of still at that stage of like, I don't really know. Here's some ideas that I have. I just need some help. I need to find someone to collab with. I need to find the network or the resources through people I know, like, and trust to help me get to the next step, to the next level. And it wasn't so much about like, if I don't get X, then this wasn't worth it. It was really about people being open-minded to what was the possibilities that could happen in that room. And for those people, they had the most amount of success moving forward after they finished the mastermind. Yeah. And there's something just so powerful of expanding your network in that way where you are connected to other people doing different types of things. And it just like it lights up your brain and it lights up the possibilities in ways that you never would have gotten to if you were just sitting by yourself in a room doing some self-study. So I'm obsessed with masterminds. I love that our relationship started in a mastermind. I also just want to take a minute and just kind of recognize that investing story. It made me smile because that is exactly what my first investment in a mastermind was too. Open up a new credit card, 0% APR for a year, (laughs) charge that thing and was like, this is going to work. It's the only option. But it's going to work doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to make X amount of money back in X amount of days. I was like, this is going to be a catalyst for me for whatever it is I want to do next. And for those of you listening who know this story, or maybe you don't, I ended up closing down my personal training business at the time. I was also got my start in fitness sideline. The the pipeline of fitness to personal development to business is such an interesting one to follow. And I know so many people who have gone down it, but I joined a mastermind to accelerate that business through doing it, realized, oh my gosh, I don't want this business. And so that was a powerful mirror for me where I probably wouldn't have gotten to that realization for another five years on my own. And so I had made this big investment, gotten a completely different ROI, but realized you love marketing, Emily. You really miss this side this of your brain. I had gotten my degree in marketing. And that is what led me to work for Chris and Lori. As soon as that mastermind ended, they were hiring. I ended up getting that job, which is where then you and I met in this mastermind room. So I think it's beautiful. This makes so much sense. I figured, I'm like, how is this little genius just killing it in the marketing <laughs> game, just off the cuff like this? I'm like, she must have had some background in marketing. So now yes. it all makes, that's what I'm going back to marketing <laughs> school. I, I love it because just watching the evolution of what you've created, you know, after working with them for a little while, it's like you did a spinoff of some of the things you probably learned when you were around that, right? You took what you saw working and what you saw didn't work and you created something in that gap, in that gap space, because, you know, that's the magic. And you say so much on your stories. And if you guys don't follow Emily, obviously you follow her podcast, but if you're, if you're new to finding her through, you know, Googling, maybe today, this is your first episode, go spend a good amount of time looking at her stories, watching her reels and reading the content inside of them because she's been in the rooms. She's watched other people do these types of things beforehand. It's not just one day you woke up, you know, and you did a, you did a diet plan and now you're a fitness coach, right? You didn't just like step into a mastermind and then decide to start your own. You have not only a marketing background, you've been on the ground floor for quite some time now. Like you have the vetted like practice of like seeing what works, what doesn't work. And the I don't call it weird, but the like innate ability to be able to like really figure out what's going on in someone's business. So this wasn't a shameless plug for you, but honestly, I'm so (laughs) proud of watching you from afar. And I, I was so excited. We got reconnected at Lori's event. 
But that's the power of networking, you guys. If you're listening right now, like we would not have met if both of us had not gone all in on a mastermind with no clear expectation on like what yeah. was going to happen. But here we are with a high level friendship, right? Which doesn't look like girlfriend chit chats and like vacations. It looks like pocket conversations of what's working for you. How's your business? How can I support you? Like, there's different tiers and levels when you step into entrepreneurship that when they say shit's lonely, like I truly believe that's on you. You can create mm. these high level connected, call them friendships. If you want call, call acquaintances, like people that will support you in the pockets of their time that they have when you need them. Right. And, and vice versa. Everything's always an equal energy exchange. So if you, this is side tangent and this is what I do best. If you find yourself <laughs> like feeling like you're doing things alone, like try to carve out pockets of time where you can pour into somebody else's life or business or whatever it looks like, because I guarantee you'll get it back tenfold. And for me, when I was looking around a while ago thinking, man, I'm doing all this by myself. I feel lonely. It was because I wasn't doing stuff like this enough. I was too focused on my own shit to worry about helping anybody else. And if you are in a service-based industry, whether it's a product or maybe you are behind the chair like me, or you do something like service to person, how are you showing up in order to get like the energy or the return, right? Maybe money on the investment of time maybe you're giving out or or what it is you're doing. So, you know, that $10,000 that I originally invested, I got back tenfold, not by way of like a check or somebody paying me, but by being invited into rooms and in opportunities that were created to then get to work on Lindsay and Lori's makeup for the next in-person five-day event that they ran, which was a $10,000 event I got invited to for free. I just got invited to another mastermind with Lindsay Schwartz. That was another $10,000 investment I didn't have to pay because I had originally invested in showing up using a random skill set that I thought nobody in that room wanted, which was hair and makeup. And here I am getting invited into rooms that would have cost me upwards of five, ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 to be a part of. So you never really know what can happen. And I love that you shared that piece about, you know, being in the fitness and then getting into that. I think at the end of the day, like we are all evolving humans. And I think sometimes we feel like we have to stick to one thing, right? Like stay married to the same person forever, pick a career and never change, right? Whatever it looks like. But for me going into that room, I thought this could be my opportunity to see what else is out there for me when it came to the beauty industry. And I also realized quickly that it wasn't where I was supposed to be forever. Could I serve mm. in that industry? Yes. But when I started my podcast originally, it was six months after I had opened my first salon, COVID happened, and I was left with an empty space and a dream that I had chased for 15 years because it was everyone else's yeah. dream for me. And because that's how the good Lord makes it, they're like, actually, this isn't what you're supposed to be doing. Here's your window. Here's some pocket change. And here's access to Chris Harder again to have on your podcast to make you rethink where you're supposed to be spending your time. And once I started podcasting, I was like, oh my God, I've been practicing for 20 years, having awesome conversations with my clients. I want to be a podcaster. And I would have never figured that out. I would have never been about to hit 50,000 downloads on my podcast right now if I hadn't gone all the way back to watching Chris say, hey, I've got this mastermind for early stage entrepreneurs. And he threw in accidental entrepreneur, which was kind of what I classified myself at the time. Cause I was like kind of an entrepreneur, yeah. but then kind of not. So, you know, that's a whole long winded story, but that's a huge like play on return on investment when you really bet on yourself with just an openness of what, what is possible? What, what's the next step it's going to lead me to? 
I love that tangent and I'm so glad you went, you went there. And there's two things that really stood out to me. Number one being the ROI in masterminds, it's usually not instant. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it is. Sometimes there's this instant up level that comes right after you make the transaction even because you're just in that energy of more, of betting on yourself, of playing on yourself. But two, investing in your network, you will never regret that. And I don't think I even realized it until I heard you say the piece here around if entrepreneurship feels lonely, that's on you. Because if I look back at my first bout of entrepreneurship being building the personal training business, that was so lonely. It was so hard. It felt like an uphill battle and it was me versus the world. But this second bout of entrepreneurship after having been in these rooms and getting to watch even just everyone else observe how they built community and how community helped them and propelled their business forward, but not in a greedy way, in this give and take way, I knew going into this business, just even subconsciously, but also very forwardly, I was like, I want a piece of that. Networking has been a huge focus for me. And we don't it's so lost and it's such a missed opportunity in the online space because we are by ourselves a lot. But building community, I have never once felt lonely or starved for opportunities in this business now because I made networking a number one priority. So I'm glad you went on that tangent because it is so valuable and people do need to hear this and realize this so they get out of their own bubbles. Something I want to ask you though, getting into that mastermind for the first time, you were like, I just want to be in that room. Was that following what we would call like an intuitive ping, a gut hit? Or were you in that phase where it's like, something's got to give, like I'm frustrated and I need a new answer? Or was it a little bit of both? I guess looking back, it was probably a little bit of both. I think I had succeeded very quickly in my industry at an early age. And then I sat there and I sat there and I sat there. And it wasn't until I started watching people online talk about things like glass ceilings or things like, you know, putting yourself in that box, right? In my mind, when I went to beauty school at 18 years old, I was told it wasn't a real career. And so to prove to my mom that it was, I had to be making over six figures, right? Which only meant $101,000 a year, right? Not, <laughs> not, the, not 999,000, right? You say six figures, people think of $100,000 a year. And I had mm -hmm. hit that early on and I sustained it for many, many years. And I think at the time I was maybe making 150 a year traveling. Life was good. Again, I had a little kid. So I just knew I was like, if I stay here, am I going to be happy in the next five to 10 years? Do I still want to be grinding it out behind the chair, doing a physical act that I can only do in person in this one space? And the answer kept coming back as a resounding, no, 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 no. But what are you going to do? You didn't go to college. You don't have anything to really quote unquote fall back on. And things like podcasting and personal training also felt like, quote unquote, not real careers. So I had this mindset mm -hmm. block and I started to really notice things like mindset, money noise, money mindset issues, like things that I was like, oh, oh. And that happened in that room when Lori gave me the ticket to that first Bliss Project. There were different speakers talking about different things. And it really just opened my mind up to you know, what else, what, what more could I be doing? Right. This isn't it. It was exciting and also equally annoyingly frustrating. Cause I was like, fuck, now I know better. I have to fucking do better. Cause that's just who I am. And you know, when you read things and you learn things and you listen to podcasts, if you don't start to integrate that stuff into your life, if you don't start to take action on it, 
you actually end up more frustrated, more anxious, and more depressed than you were before. So I warn you, if you are listening to podcasts like this, if you are reading books at a high level, if you are around people who are big dreamers, you are going to fall into a deep, dark hole if you don't start to take action. And that is why getting in rooms like masterminds or putting money where your focus should be gets you the results quicker or gets you results at all. Because if you're just listening and not integrating oh my God, people are going to like, you're going to be the most frustrated human you've ever been. And that happened to me for a while because I missed a few key pieces in, in the beginning stages of building this online business, which were to build community, to let people in on the journey, to document things as you were doing them. I was kind of coached to and taught, you know, just grow a massive following on Instagram and then you will have success, whatever that looked like, but really true organic authentic connection, which is being social, growing your network, getting around people, getting in rooms. That's where like the true magic happens. That's where the connection happens. That's where your audience growth happens. That's where you discover like who you are and what you came here to maybe do. And it's again, maybe not going to happen overnight. You kind of have to feel into certain situations. And, you know, I got a really awesome opportunity after I started the podcast where Chris asked me to come on as a support coach inside that mastermind. And that was such a beautiful opportunity for me to feel like somebody saw something in me, right? They believed in me a little bit more than I believed in myself at the time around being able to hold others accountable and to just work through strategy. He was like, that's all I need you for. I don't need you to like rewrite the wheel or to do be anything that you're not. Where are you at with strategy? How good are you at holding people accountable? And I'm like, 10 out of 10 for both. Let's go. Like, and that's <laughs> where the title hype girl comes from. And it's why it's in my bio and it's why it's on my Instagram because I truly feel like that's where I shine. And I wouldn't really have learned that or got rooted in that and solidified that as my thing if I hadn't had an opportunity to be people's hype girl, to get inside their businesses, to see what maybe they couldn't see or to figure out, hey, why aren't you doing the things we talked about last week? Like I gave you the blueprint. I gave you the two steps you should take and you didn't do it. And that's where I realized quickly too with my athletic background and like opening the salon and managing the team there that like being supportive, holding people accountable, being that core person that people can trust and know that they're going to get that real raw, honest, you know, shit they need to hear. Like that was a, that was my secret sauce. And, you know, all growing up, I was told you're too loud. You're too much. You're too bossy. You're too that. Well, fuck. Now I have a podcast. I can say whatever I want. I can tell people how it is, (laughs) take it or leave it. I say everything with love. And that's where like, as you get to know me, like that authentic piece comes through where if you listen long enough, you'll know I'm really just here for you, not for myself. And I'm saying the same things to everyone that's listening to me as I'm saying to myself daily. And so, you know, that, that frustration piece was one. And then that gut knowingness that I didn't want to miss out. I had a massive, like full body visceral ping of FOMO. And I was like, if I don't jump on this first round, I'm going to regret this so bad. And so when he said yes, that I could be in the group, you know, my, my little voice was like, well, of course he's a salesman. Of course he's going to say yes and take your money. But then I was like, well, what's your equal? Are you going to play full out? If you go in that room, if you're going to play full out, let's go. And so as soon as I put that money down, I felt this overwhelming sense of like pride that I was willing to bet on myself. And that's why you see so many shifts happen for people when they just pay to be in programs or, or hire a coach. It's like shit just happens Mm -hmm. overnight because they shifted their energetic frequency of how they're willing to receive. It's like all of a sudden they lift, they looked up with their hands up and they're like, 
give it to me. Whereas before, maybe they were looking down, thinking negatively of like, oh shit, what if this happens? What if that happens? You can't attract when you're in that energetic state. You can only attract when you're in that openness. And that's why so many people have breakthroughs and, and downloads and channeled messages when they're working out or when they're in meditation or when they're in that flow state. So if you got to pay to get yourself in a flow state, fucking do it. Do it. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> I wanted to add this. This popped into my mind when you were talking to of when I made the first investment in my business back in the personal training days. And I was like, I'm going to get in this mastermind. Every single person that I looked up to that I asked for advice in my field was like, you are crazy. Don't do that. What the heck are you paying for? Why would you pay somebody that much money? That's more than your rent, Emily. That's more than you make a month some months here. Why would you do that? But I just had this like burning sensation, like you're saying, this deep FOMO of, I see what people are doing online. I don't want to be left out anymore. Like that looks so cool to me. And so I took that first step. And I want to share that that was echoed again for me. And I'm, I'm hammering this home for anybody who's feeling this right now. And whatever you're doing in your business or in your life, whether you are sitting at your side hustle that you really want to quit or whether it's just you're in your business and you want to do this next thing, but you feel scared to do it. When I was working for this other company and I was sitting in the back of these masterminds watching everybody else build these businesses and have these crazy success, it came up for me again. It had gotten quiet for a while because I was learning and I was growing in this new space. But then again, it was like, Emily, you're not living up to your potential. And there's more here. There's more you want to do. So why are you still sitting back here? And as soon as I acknowledged what that feeling was, I had the conversation with Chris and Lori Harder, who were my bosses at the time. I, I took them on a walk and I was like, hey, I got to talk to you. <laughs> and I just described the feeling. I was like, I think I have to go build something. And they were like, girl, go do it. Like, we're so proud of you. But I had to decide that first. And so you guys, you just have to bet on yourself and you have to be willing to get in the room. So you got in the room. I want to ask you because a lot of people that I work with, they come from more of a done for you service where it is something where they're trading their time for money. And now they want to get into this digital space. How was that initial transition for you first from, I suppose, taking the jump into coaching and then into what you do now? What did that journey look like? Mm. Well, what's interesting is so many people say they don't want to trade time for money anymore. And so I really struggled with that. Like I'm a words person. Words to me have a lot of weight and a lot of meaning. So if I am literally over here watching myself trade one hour of time to give a haircut and I'm making $100, I can see transition, right? They come in, they pay me the money, they leave with the haircut. I like deliverables. It's what I knew. And so when I moved over to the coaching space, I'm like, I'm still trading time for money doing this coaching call. Now my ass is just sitting in a chair at my house by myself. Like it's, it's the same. And so I really mm -hmm. truly struggled because it felt like a lateral move. And I was like, Oh, I'm not here for lateral moves. I want to go from here up to here. But what I forgot was I actually needed to start at the very bottom as a brand new beginner, I actually didn't even get the whatever to move laterally. That's why it felt so weird and not like the right thing. But I did kind of get that reset with Chris asking me and inviting me to come on and be one of the coaches. I got the ability to see what that would feel like. And I quickly learned that for me, it's not just about making money. It's about impact and it's about helping people through whatever they're stuck in, whether it's that coaching piece or whatever. But for me, I was still missing something. And it took me another couple of years, all the while doing my podcast to realize like, I'm someone who I'm a creative visual person. I need to see what I'm delivering. 
So that's how now a couple of years later, this done for you piece with podcasting that we're with the agency that we're doing, I can do my coaching. I can do the strategy. I can do the accountability. I can do all of the ideation with my clients, but I also get to give them tangible like deliverables. And so that's the journey piece for me. It might not be like that for everybody, but my team and I actually get to be inside people's business and we get to like work with them hand in hand. I get to be that hype girl that I love to be. And so it took me a minute there though, because I wasn't clear on exactly where I would fit in all of this. And you talk about this a lot on your page and, and, and how, if you are just copying what your coach taught you or the same process that they're putting out, it's not going to feel authentic and right. And I struggled with what people call imposter syndrome because how could I ever be in their shoes, right? I could, but there's no catching up there, right? There's just, there's no catching up. They own that market like you talk about. And so I was like, where can I fit in in all of this? And through deep diving with my podcast and just not quitting on myself and investing every last dollar cent and piece of time I had into making this podcast be, you know, my thing, I found people who told me it was possible to be a full-time podcaster and make multiple six figures and that creating brand deals and sponsorships was a way to make money and that I could do it versus going to people who didn't have a podcast, who didn't know shit about making money online. I stayed very far away from those people like you just talked about because they can't seem to understand how the you would pay X amount to give free value out into the world. They don't see the long game that it is. And, you know, I think the reason why you and I are still here and why we have podcasts and why we've got momentum going is because you made a post and I screenshotted it before I came on. You wrote so much of business is just putting in the reps. And if you can't find the magic in the day to day, you're not going to feel the magic in the milestones. So find a way to love the daily reps and you will find your love. You will find you love your life and business. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the pieces where throughout this early journey, I was really frustrated because I'm like, I am ready to run. I just need someone to set me on the right treadmill and I'll fucking go. And it was so clear with hair how to go from A to Z for me in what I did. And I built that business and I just kept running and I kept running and I kept running. And I would look beside me in the salon and nobody else was as busy as me. Nobody else was making as much money as me. People struggled. People had physical pain, they financial issues. And I'm like, fuck, get your shit together. What's wrong with you? Work. You got to work. You got to put the reps in. But I couldn't like, I couldn't figure out what was different about me. And so if you're someone who is highly ambitious, high, high achiever. It's probably who's listening to this podcast because they're resonating yep. with you and your message. You know that you're, you're willing to do the reps. You're willing to put the time in. And often we just need to be put in the right room with the right mentor to help us focus and figure out what we should be spending our time with. And the second piece of that is a lot of people have a hard time asking for help. So if you're someone who has a hard time asking for help, when you put money, you, you stop there's a barrier of entry that is now put down. You have paid to ask for as much help as humanly possible. And it is up to you to ask for that help, implement the help and then go. And so I think again, back to the mastermind point, like when you know that you have access to somebody's brain, you have access to somebody helping and holding your hand, like you move the needle so much faster in either direction. Oh my God, that's not the way I want to go. I'm so glad I tried that. 
And then you're able to swing the pendulum back and be like, this is where I actually want to go. So now I'm going. And so any movement that people see me having now, it came with the last four years of like going that way, hitting the wall, going the other way, bumping my head, going the other way, being like, "Mm, this doesn't feel right. And that's all part of the process. And for anyone who tells you otherwise, like they either just got extremely lucky or they probably had some crazy ass background where yeah. they were like in sales for 20 years and they're like, oh, now I'm a sales coach. Well, no shit, you're successful. So, you know, be discerning. And when you listen to stuff, it's like, you know, that's the piece where people kind of leave that shit out. Absolutely. So much of entrepreneurship is just trying something you thought you wanted to do and getting completely redirected of, oh no, that was cute, but that wasn't it. Or you're not really made for this. Or it was your ego that made you think you wanted to do this, but really it's completely out of alignment with how you like to show up. But you don't get those answers until you get in community where people can give you feedback and where even you just have to say the things you want to do and that you're doing out loud so you can hear yourself and be like, well, wait a minute. Does this actually resonate with me? When you're sitting at home alone trying to build your business all by yourself, sitting behind your computer all day, it's like craziness in your brain and there's no clarity and you don't know how things feel because you're not really trying them on. You're sitting here playing pretend in your head. And that's the biggest benefit I would say I personally have gotten from masterminds is I have to put a stake in the ground. First, when I put the money on the table of, okay, I'm investing in this idea. I think this is worth going forward on. But two, I have to say what I'm all about and I have to practice saying what I'm all about. And I get to find the kinks really clearly and get to iron out the things where I maybe I thought I wanted to do this. But as soon as I started talking to people about it and talking to people who were doing it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I'm not built for this. Yeah. That happens to other people that are even outside of entrepreneurship. Like my boyfriend's in corporate. He's worked for JP Morgan for 25 years. He had dreams of being like a golf pro and like teaching at the course and doing all these things. And he didn't really know anybody. He just thought that would be the dream job to have. So he chased it for like two years, worked in the pro, did all these things, got the card, whatever, you know, and within a first week of having this job, he was like, this is the worst job in the entire world. I don't want to do this. This is awful. And, you know, then he got into mortgages and whole life changed, but like from golf pro to mortgage guy, like what? Like not even close to the ideal thing that he thought he was going to want. So having grace with yourself around trying things on and not being afraid to like, look like you're moving around on social media. Let people wonder a little bit, let people get a little confused. Like, don't worry about that. When you finally get clarity, like it will take off from that point. And Another thing I wanted to talk about was like, sometimes for me, I I was at this block at that time when, when Chris's mastermind was launching, I was, I wouldn't say I was stingy with my money, but I definitely, like I said, I never made an investment like that. After that initial investment, I did everything I could to open my salon. I pulled out every last dollar I had to build my dream little salon space. And the second I had an opportunity to sell it, I sold it. And from Hmm. there, I took that money. I opened a second space because after I sold it, I felt lost because I was like, who am I without a salon? Who am I without this space? Like, I'm not as important. My ego got in the way. And so much so I took every last dollar that I made from that sale, which was quite a bit, and I poured it into another space. And I opened a second location, not a salon, a creative space. And I had all these dreams and visions of a space. But what did you hear me say earlier? That was my main reason for jumping into that mastermind. Location freedom. I didn't want to be tied to a brick and mortar. And here I was in my second dream space, but was it my dream? No, I didn't want the space. The space was the problem, not what was I doing in the space. And so I literally walked away from that full investment. So for me with the money, it's taught me so much about like chasing your own dreams, not getting distracted by other people's dreams for you 
not letting other people's, well, you would be so good at this. You should do that. You have to learn how to listen to your own intuitiveness to be able to decide what it is that you need and want and what you're meant to be doing. And sometimes it can be loud because if you're influenced by your family or your community or your direct environment, it can be hard to hear yourself, especially if people say shit to you like they did when you wanted to invest in that one. Like, you're crazy. I can't believe you're going to spend that much Mm -hmm. money. Like, what are you doing? That's where like I talk a lot on my show about don't always share your stuff with people that maybe don't understand because in the moment they're not going to be pouring that gasoline onto your, they're going to be literally stomping your fire out. And sometimes when something's in the seed of an idea or you're still not really sure or have that massive clarity around your vision, it is so easy for someone to shit on your dreams. And it's Mm -hmm. just, it's the worst because it's the worst. It's the worst place you could ever be. And so being in rooms where people are like, Hmm, that's a cool idea. How can I help you? Or wow, that doesn't seem like a big enough dream. Let's blow that shit up and 10 X your dream. And that's where you get in these rooms and shit can really change. So that's my second tangent of your show. (laughs) (laughs) I think the other piece of that too, is like one, it's easier in community, but even if you're not in a mastermind and you trust your gut and you go on an intuitive hit and you go and you do something and you find out that it's wrong, not beating yourself up for it, but just saying, okay, what did I learn from this? What did this redirect me to? And letting yourself be open. And you said there's an awkward period sometimes where you don't even know who you are and what you want to do anymore. Not panicking and not making a rash decision to fill that space, but letting that space be there so that the next thing for you can come in. Because I would imagine that you've gained so much wisdom from every single venture that you have done in your life. And that's so much that you bring to your business now and that helps you build your business now. But we don't get that wisdom if we don't do anything. All we do is we build up these expectations and then failure starts to feel harder and harder and harder when you don't actually try and you don't go through it and realize that you're okay after something happens. Yeah. And even, you know, walking away from that space, initially it felt like a failure. Initially it almost felt embarrassing because then I would have people reach out about the space and, and I had a lot of what I felt like now was regret around, you know, not keeping it and not making it work because that's just who I am. Like I, I will do things till they kill me, but that's not what I've learned is to let go of things a lot quicker so that you can move through them and move on. And that's where like you and I share that common love of personal development when it comes to like, what are the modalities you need to support yourself through big changes or through feeling frustrated? Like, is it breath work? Is it meditation? Is it yoga? Is it cards? Is it, you know, a retreat? Like, is it a bubble bath? Whatever the heck you need, like having those tools and implementing them and keeping your mental health, like first and foremost is, is such a beautiful thing to help you move through shit quicker because what people want to call failures, you know, are just learning lessons. They're just learning lessons like, oh shit, I needed to learn that lesson somehow. And that stung a little bit, but it's okay. I'm going to be good. I know now exactly what I'm never going to do to myself again. And I'm going to keep it moving. So, you know, sometimes it stings a little bit in the pocketbook. Sometimes it stings a little bit on the ego from the outside world. Sometimes, you know, you tell yourself, I told you so, but it's all part of the journey and the process. And that's one of the things I think I, I learned the most from Lori was if you don't learn to love the journey and the process the, the quote unquote there is never going to feel like you think you want it to feel. So if you can't get used to what you were saying on your post about the reps and showing up day to day and like enjoying the process of what you're creating, you know, maybe, maybe entrepreneurship isn't where you're supposed to be. And I'll never forget. I was at the gym one day and I heard her say something like that in a podcast. It was like one of her pep talks. And 
she was like, you know, if every day you feel like this isn't why you're, this is so hard and that you're so frustrated and it's, you're just miserable. Maybe you would make a really great employee somewhere where you had an expectation sheet and you could leave it there and you didn't have to take it home. And that would be okay too. I think we've glamorized Mm -hmm. this whole entrepreneurship as something that's easier, more fun and all the things, but really it's just a way for you to learn about yourself, discover what you're fucking made of. And if you decide at some point that you don't want to do that anymore, that's okay too. So don't let anybody tell you otherwise. There may be pockets of your entrepreneurship journey where you have to go get a real job in order to rob Peter to pay Paul, you know, in order for me to have my podcast. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. In order to keep my podcast going at the level I wanted, I had to keep doing hair clients. And I actually took a couple month break and I made a whole announcement about my retirement and people were congratulating me left and right. And about three months later, I was like, this isn't feasible. Like I got to get back in the salon a few days a week, A, for my mental health, (laughs) because I was just in my office all day long, every single day. And then B, for the financial benefits of being able to go in, do some clients, take that money and reinvest it in my business. So if anything, you're listening, like thinking, well, there are no rules. You get to make your own rules. Absolutely. And I always say there's nothing wrong with choosing safety. If that's what you need to get yourself going, there's no shame in that game. So never feel bad about having to take on a side hustle. If you need to, I would say the one caveat to that is also know though, when you're using it as an excuse to not go all in on what you're meant for. And that circles back to what we were talking about before of, are you feeling that FOMO? Are you feeling that like, Oh, I'm ready for more, but I'm scared. We don't want to hold on to it for fear, but if it's something that's giving us the safety to support us and move forward, never feel bad about it. Okay. Couldn't agree more. So Now you have this amazing podcast and podcast agency that you are building. Something that I'm really interested in is I'm sure that building your personal brand over all these years really helped you get started in what you're doing now. At what stage of the journey did it start way back when you were doing hair? Was it when you were transitioning into the coaching and you were started in masterminds? When did you start consciously starting to build your personal brand online? It's interesting because... I started off in a day and age back doing hair when I was in my early 20s, right? We had no Instagram yet. Guerrilla marketing was a real thing. Real marketing was a thing. Passing out flyers, passing out business cards, talking to people in real life. Yeah. And so the transition for me was difficult. And when you talk about getting left behind with the online space, I felt like I let myself get left behind with Instagram because I didn't feel like I needed it. You can only do so many clients in a day. And I had more clients than I knew what to do with at the time. So I didn't utilize the platform like I could have to double down and create and diversify how I was making money when I was doing hair. And I thought to myself, never again will I put myself in that situation. So on social media, I looked like this hairdresser, the successful local San Diego salon owner, all the things. I, I had that brand part of my life nailed down. The part I forgot about was my personal brand. And I'll never forget, I raised my hand one day inside that very mastermind. We had a speaker come on to talk about Instagram growth. And they said, it's got to be your real name. This is how you should show up at market. This is the things you should talk about. I was like, wait, so I can't just post like my Starbucks and my sandwiches and stuff anymore. (laughs) Like it was like I had to let, let that basic bitch shit die and realize it's a marketing platform that you can use. And then later on discovered from a very wise woman that, you know, showing up on Instagram is just all about documenting your life and your journey. It's not about necessarily creating content per se, right? If you are doing things already in your life, 
to show people who you are, that is how you build your personal brand, right? You want people to connect with you on an authentic level. And, you know, that's one of those things where I've always been slightly unapologetic about like who I am, what I stand for, what I want to talk about. I've learned to say things with a softer tone now that I have a show versus just like being as harsh. And and, and that's good. That's good, right? We want to be able to deliver information that's helpful. But it was that saying your boyfriend or girlfriend always says, it's not, it's not what you said, it's how you said it. So <laughs> I think when you look back on when I really started to to develop a personal brand, it was when I realized that I could just be myself. And I did what you said earlier by trying to be like my mentors and try to show up like other people I saw having success. And I learned quickly that it wasn't going to work for me. It's very hard to be somebody else. It's very hard to talk like someone else. It's very hard to talk about things that other people are talking about that have no interest to you. So the catalyst for me to really start developing my personal brand was during COVID. When our salons were closed, I had already started these networking brunches for hairdressers. And I knew that if I could find a platform and showcase what other people were going through that I actually had something meaningful that I was passionate about talking about. And though it wouldn't probably last forever, it was a good place to start. And so that's when I really started to develop my personal brand. What, what do I want to stand for? What is important to me? What are my quote unquote brand pillars, if you will? And you know, what do I want people to learn about me when they come to my page? And it wasn't so much about the fact that I like Starbucks, you know, I like a lot of coffee, but it it was more about, you know, who I am and and what version of me I wanted to represent online. And for people who struggle a lot with being, you know, really personal and not wanting to share stuff, I've done a lot of social media classes in, in salons even where I get that feedback from people saying, you know, I just really struggle on social because I, I don't want to share my life. I'm a very private person. And I counter back to them and say, then share what you do want to share. Can you get excited about a couple of things? And that usually always helps open the gates. And then before you know it, they're showing personal stuff, which is great. And it's, it's, you've got to find that happy medium that's going to work for you and your business. But at the end of the day, you will always be the biggest influencer to whatever brand or business you create in the future. So developing you as a person, as someone who people can know, like, and trust, will then allow for you that if you change your mind in six months or six years to start a a bag brand or create a makeup line or to go open a salon, you, Jess, the influencer we all are, can now say, like, I drive traffic to this brand or this part of my business or this leg of my business, right? But you can always come back home to who you are and what you stand for. And that, I think, is the only thing you need to know about building a personal brand. You are building one whether you are trying to or not. It's just whether you want to write the narrative of the story by showing up and kind of writing the script for yourself on social. Yes. And that's such a good point. I want to underline there. Even if you're not intentionally building a personal brand, one is being built for you simply by the online footprint that you do have or lack of footprint that you do have. So why not at least throw some intention behind it and say, this is who I am. Something else I want to pull out from that for people who maybe haven't thought about this before, especially because I have a lot of coaches that follow me, is your personal brand is different than your business. Your business might operate under your name, but you have freedom to distinguish who you are as a person from what your brand is and what your coaching business or service business, whatever it is that you might be operating intertwined right now, whatever that stands for. They are two separate entities. And just like you said, when you put care behind developing your personal brand, that has longevity. That has longevity behind whatever just the business is on its own because then you have freedom to pivot. 
So wanted to pull that forward and asterisk that for people as well, because it is really important. Your personal brand is separate from the brand of your business, intertwined often, but separate. So now you're doing podcasting. Congratulations on being over, I believe you said 50,000 downloads in your podcast. How long has the show been around? So like I said, we started in that downtime during COVID and the closure of my salon. And we actually batched, I think, like 30 live episodes with video in the salon before I even oh my gosh. launched the show. Before I even had the you know what's to launch the show because I didn't have clear direction on what I wanted the show to stand for. I just knew I had the time and I had a little bit of money, which are the two biggest things that people always use as excuses. I don't have the time. I don't have the money to do something. <laughs> and I'd been wanting to start the show for over two years. I have a microphone in the back here behind me in my office, just like you do, of the exact mic I bought that sat in a box because I was so overwhelmed and intimidated by the tech about longevity of content creation. Like, what was I going to say for that many episodes? Who was I talking to? What was my goal with the podcast? Like, all the normal things that people struggle with because majority of people think it would be cool to have a show. And it's like, what is holding you back? So during that time, I created all those episodes with my other fellow hairdressers and salon owners and people related to the industry that I had admired or loved over the years. I snuck them in the salon. We recorded live with my new client who was a videographer, which side note, just because you know video doesn't mean you know audio. So I learned a lot mm. during that time. But in the midst of all of that, having Chris come on the show as one of my first Zoom interviews, that's where I had the opportunity because I started a podcast to get an hour of Chris Harder's time, who then invited me into the biggest opportunity at that current moment of my life to teach and coach into his mastermind that I had once been so scared to invest in. So these are just these amazing roundabout things that can happen. So I didn't have a name for the show. I didn't have direction for it. All I knew is I got to talk to my industry. I got to create a platform. I got to facilitate these conversations because we're mad. We're sad. We're pissed. We don't know what the hell's going on. I'll start here. And even my video guy was like, I need a name because I got to edit the show. I'm like, I don't know. But I'd already <laughs> had a brand called Beauty Inspires Beauty. And it was a one-off. I had branded it for t-shirts and coffee mugs and for my networking events because, you know, you can't have a networking event without some swag. So we just called it Beauty Inspires Beauty. And the name stuck for about a year and a half until I started to feel like I wanted to talk about more, you know, early stage entrepreneur type stuff. And I didn't want to exclude people. I was very inclusive of the beauty industry, but I felt like I was ex like excluding everybody else. So I thought to myself, how can I include everybody while still keeping my beauty industry like nurtured and fed? Because they too are either accidental entrepreneurs or early stage entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs. And that's where I sat down with my new team. And I was like, I just want it to be like, unscripted and like free flowing and raw and real. And it's for people who are like rewriting their life and like all these terms and words. And we just finally landed on the one word, which is called unscripted. And it, it gave me so much permission and freedom to speak my mind and say things how I want to. And so the podcast has been around since, yeah, I guess it was end of 2020. So we're going on two and a half years and yeah, just about hitting 50,000 downloads. Do I wish we were at 500,000 downloads? Of course. But in the process of falling in love with the journey, I had to realize that I'm never going to get to 500,000 or 5 million if I don't hit five or 5,000 or five, you know, 15,000. Like there was all of these milestones that I have been so excited to celebrate over time. And it's been so great to pivot because I didn't feel aligned with what I was talking about after a while. And it started to cause resistance for me to want to record episodes. And I was like, 
how are you going to get out of your own way and keep this going? Right. You're going to go back. You're going to go back and work a little bit more so you can pay to have this be even higher level of a show. You're going to change the name. You're going to rewrite who this is for. You're going to get really clear and focused on your messaging and marketing when it comes to social media to talk about it because you can have the world's best podcast. But if you're not talking about it and sharing it online, well, fucking no one's going to know about it. So I had to play all the roles. I couldn't just sit here and record episodes and hope that people were going to find it. And I got so passionate about that that I was like, watching people start their shows in our networking groups and have very little success with the shows getting many downloads. And I was like, you're not doing X, Y, and Z. Are you doing this? Are you doing that? And they're all things that I learned along the way. So I was like, well, why don't you take what you learned, Jess, find the gap. You love coaching, but you want this, you want to do this, but you like that. You want to work with women and be their hype girl, but you don't want to just this. Why don't you become like a podcast coach? Can I do that? Is that a real job? I don't know who you're asking. You're asking yourself. Make it, make it a job. And then I was like, well, what if I made a course for them so that they wouldn't even really need me? Okay, create the course. Well, what if the course came with two coaching calls? That'd be a great idea. So I just kept solving little problems as they would come up or ideas I would think of. And then I went to my old, she was a VA at the time, which is a virtual assistant. And she was so much more than that. She's a digital marketer. Like she's a freaking genius. She loves the back end shit. We're both projectors. We work really well together. And about, you know, four or five months ago, I went to her and I said, I have this crazy idea. I have this course. I'm doing this back pocket coaching for people with podcasting, but I want to really like get, I want a holistic 100% like approach to helping people really take their podcast to the next level would you start a podcast agency with me? And she was like, immediately, fuck yes. And so we, I flew out to New York. She lives in New Jersey. We had lunch. We brainstormed everything. And we've been rolling with it ever since. And that's how we came to create Media Unscripted, which is our full service podcast agency, where we get to do all these things that I'm clearly, you can hear my tone, so passionate about now. It's helped me up-level my own show. It's helped me get really clear and focused on who my ideal client is, which was a very hard thing for me to figure out in the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey. When they talk about niching, when they talk about ideal clients, when they talk about like all of that kind of stuff, you're not alone Mm -hmm. if you're struggling. It's because you don't have clarity on what you really want to do. So you don't know how to serve these imaginary people that you don't know who they are yet. So sometimes you got to work things a little bit backwards to get to where you're going. So now I know exactly who this agency is for. It's for high level women like Emily, like myself, who have a message, who want to get their shit out into the world, who don't want to just record podcasts and not have anybody hear them, who have a long game vision plan for what they want to do. And, you know, it's taken me, what, four years to get here. So yeah, that's where the podcast came from. That's where we're going. And that's how Media Unscripted was born. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. And that's such a good name. I want to take a minute and just highlight that. I think it's so cute. I thank you. already know I'm going to have to have you back on the podcast so we can talk more specifically about podcasting and starting your podcast and when is the right time and all of that good stuff. But I want to end this by just highlighting something that you said a couple times in this so far that I think is so important for people. And it is to find the gap. Find the gap in what you see going on in the industry right now where you feel like, I might have something here and figure out how to fill it. And I want to add, it's not always going to feel, and I'm sure that you would agree with this, like a 100% clear idea off the bat. It's more like, oh, there might be something here, but am I qualified to do this? Does anybody do this? What is this? That's where the opportunity lies. It's not going to always be sometimes maybe divine inspiration and a light bulb moment where you're like, this is 100% what it needs to be. A lot of times what happens is you actually get that little ping, but then you push it away and you're like, well, that can't be right. I just made that up. That's not real. 
And so allow yourself to stumble forward. Allow yourself to figure it out as you go. Allow yourself to talk it out with other people who are going to be receptive of the ideas. So bringing this back to getting yourself in community like masterminds, things where you can actually talk to people who are going to expand your ideas because that's how we find the clarity. So Jessica, this was a beautiful conversation. I think that you have absolutely found the right niche for you in podcasting. You were born to do this and have these kinds of conversations. And also, I know you've put in the reps to get here and be so good at it. For anybody who wants to connect with you, who wants to find out more about your agency, where can they find you? Where's the best way to connect? Well, knowing you, I'm sure all of it will be just a scroll down on the show notes, but I'm just at my name at Jessica Bergio on Instagram. If you want to check out what Media Unscripted offers, you can go check that out. That has an Instagram as well. And if you want to listen to my podcast, that is Unscripted, the podcast on Instagram. I love getting chatty in the DMs. I love a good voice note. So I would love to hear if you had any aha moments or takeaways from our chat today, because honestly, you know, admitting like where you need help what's on your mind or what's going on, like do it with people that it feels safe with. And it could be a complete stranger like me or Emily or someone who's in your world that maybe you feel like, Oh, I don't want to bother them. Like we want to hear from you. And if they don't, you know, get back to you right away, remember people are busy, but also like the answer is always no, if you don't ask for help or if you don't share what's on your heart or your mind. Absolutely. Jessica, thank you again. Everybody listening, please go in and connect with her. And like she said, I would love for her as a gift back for everything that she did share. Please share your takeaways with her. Let her know what resonated. It's the best gift that you can give back to somebody. And hey, maybe you'll start building your community off the bat. So thank you again, Jess. And I will see you guys in the next one. Hey, before you go, I've got two quick things for you. Number one, I want to say thank you so much for being here. It truly means the world to me that you choose to spend your time here listening to these conversations, tuning in with me, soaking up all of this information and everything that we are going through together. I cannot express how much gratitude I have for you for being here on this journey with me. With that said, number two, the second thing I have for you is I want to make sure that since you're here, you have my phone number. Seriously, I have an inner circle daily text list where every single day, Monday through Friday, I send out a positive affirmation or a journal prompt or something I've been thinking about, or even an aha moment that has completely shifted my perspective that I want to share with you too. So you can share in on everything that I am working on to grow and continue evolving and continuing to be the best version of myself. I want to share those things with you. And the best place to do it is through this inner circle daily text list. So if you want to get on this list, if you want to receive these messages from me, and again, yes, it's really me. It's coming straight from my phone. What you need to do is text the word community to my number at 213-606-3853. Again, that's the word community to my number 213-606-3853. As soon as you send me over that tax, I will send you a message back with the quick details to officially register for this inner circle daily text list. And once you are all registered, we are ready to get to texting. The messages all go straight to my phone. I see all of the replies. I look at them. I send you messages back. So it is such a great way for us to connect and continue to work on our growth together. So go ahead and shoot me that message ASAP so that we can get connected.